Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable competitive future in Cork business. Hi there and thanks for joining us. Happy New Year and on this episode, the very first of 2022, we hear from the Cork company cleaning up the air and the HR expert helping to guide companies on the new normal. But first, we've big news and it's that we've got a new companion video series running on redfm.ie. You're going to be able to watch episodes of Red Business in Focus there and on Red FM's social channels. And it's all about the rising stars of Cork Business. Here is the first interview. It's Rosie Mansfield of Premier Tefl, a company that's built on a 15-year career of teaching English as a foreign language. Now, because you're the first person here, you're going to have to be the first person to do this part, right? I need you in 30 seconds to tell us what your business does. And I have the stopwatch ready. Off you go. What we do, Jonathan, is we give people the freedom to live and work abroad. And we do that through harnessing their native English speaking skills. And we take them through what's called TEFL training, teaching English as a foreign language. And with that qualification, you can then live and work anywhere around the world, teaching English to non-native speakers. And we also not only offer the courses, but also offer paid teaching semesters abroad called internships. And we also help people into jobs. Well, 31 seconds. You did one second over. You did well. You did really well. Uh, now, uh, how did you get into this? Because TEFL is something that I'm familiar with. I've heard it spoken about a lot. But what was your route into it? Lots of people have a friend who've done it or a cousin or something, and I hear that nearly every day. But what we, um, my, my path into it was actually through a company called I2I, and that was the original company that created online TEFL courses back in the 90s. And so I was fresh out of uni, and I came from Stirling in Scotland over to um, the south coast here. And um, I, I started working for the company as a new graduate. And for me, that was my introduction to volunteer travel overseas and also teaching English as a foreign language. The TEFL is a real way of helping people who will go to other countries to earn a crust, isn't it? It's a vital part for the gap year, for the person who's going off to try and find themselves or who just wants to see a little bit of the world. And you, you saw a good bit of the world yourself, did you? Yeah, it was amazing. I think what really captured my attention at the time was that if you wanted to do a gap year, you would normally work in a bar or you would pick up kind of ad hoc work and things like that. But if you wanted to travel and have a decent income and do something that really stood out on your CV, then TEFL was amazing for that. Um, and then luckily, you know, I got the chance to go firstly to Kenya in 2006. And so I went off and I spent a couple of weeks uh, working in orphanages and schools. And um, I really just got sort of infected by the, the, the change that could happen by being part of something like that. Now, are your customers the use, the people who want to go off and do this? Are you, so do you understand your customer really well because you were once the customer? I'd like to think so. But as they seem to keep telling me, um, I'm no longer the demographic, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what has helped me, you know, in the last sort of decade is that I understood exactly what people wanted from this experience and I could help shape that. And so I, I hope that that has helped um, Premier Tefl to grow to the company that it is, being able to see it as a customer from the inside. You're based at Eyal in Cork, so you're growing a company that has the skill set that can be applied anywhere in the world because English can be taught anywhere, realistically. How easy is it to grow your business out of Cork? So easy, because I think that this is a hotbed 
in the whole of Ireland, I actually wouldn't want to be based anywhere else. Cork is a huge county, but the support level is massive. And I think that from day one, uh, you know, when we first went to the Leo to introduce ourselves and, and to chat through things, the number of supports that are constantly being rolled out are incredible. So in terms of being able to grow your business, yes, if you've got an idea and you want to run it past somebody or get a mentor or anything like that, then the, the, the South Cork Leo has been absolutely um, like vital for us. Where does the business go now? Because there'll never be a shortage of people who want to do this and there'll never be a shortage of people on the planet. There's about 7 billion, not all of them speak English. So where can you see Premier Tefl going next? Well, for us, in terms of um, people learning English, there's 1.5 billion people learning English right now yeah. and uh, over 300 million of them are in China. So in terms of Premier Tefl, um, we, the next level for us is that, yes, okay, we, we train our people in terms of we giving them English government regulated TEFL qualifications, really substantial. It's the same as sort of two years at college. So you get your qualification from us. We do one semester teaching placements to help you get your first gig. But the next thing for us is actually to develop our own online English school. We're developing our own institute so that our graduates, once they complete our TEFL course, we can help them into paid jobs with us. They'll stay in our family for much longer and so help them to develop their career really from us. And that lastly, it's the classroom, it's the Zoom on the kitchen table. Has the pandemic helped that? Because people realise that you don't have to be physically in a single location to do something well. Yeah, for sure. Last March, I was sitting at my desk and, um, and we had teachers in China and we had just sent teachers to Vietnam. And I, I said, right, I need to create a kind of a disaster plan here, you know. Um, you did the same as everyone else, you panicked. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> It was a disaster planning moment. But um, yeah, I panicked and I thought, okay, all my teachers are going to come home. Um, schools are closing. Nobody's going to be able to go out. Um, things are looking, you know, pretty bleak. But as it happened, and I didn't, naivety or panic or whatever, I didn't see it. But what was happening was everybody was moving online. And so, yes, absolutely, we've been so blessed that we've been able to continue our business through the pandemic. We've been able to help people pivot their career. So anybody who lost their job in hospitality or any of those jobs that were closed, casinos, anything like that, nightclubs, they took a TEFL course, taught online in the last year, and now they have the ability to go abroad when things open up a bit more. It's just a fabulous way to do it at a type of crisis and, and proof that there's such demand out there. What's the website for people who need to find out more? PremierTEFL.com And that's T-E-F-L for TEFL. That's right. That was Rosie Mansfield of Premier Teffel, our first guest on the new Red Business in Focus video series with thanks to the local enterprise offices. New episodes up weekly on redfm.ie, so do keep an eye out. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business. New year, new career, you're shouting, I hear many of you. But in 2022, it's not really as simple as that now, is it? If you've been looking around for a fresh start, you need to consider how you want to work. Uh, do you want it to be flexible? Do you want to be remote? Do you want to be hybrid? Do you want to be in the office? Well, our next guest is an expert on everything to do with the new ways of working. Karen O'Reilly is the founder of Employ Flex, the firm that describes itself as the solution finders for the future of work. Karen, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Jonathan. Uh, lovely to talk to you again. Now, it, it is the kind of traditional time of year where people think about changing. Has the pandemic changed that in its own way? Because uh, we've other things to distract us at the minute. 
Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, traditionally, this would be a very, very busy time for us. And um, people are starting to wait today. We're all back to school, um, thankfully. Um, and, uh, yeah, we definitely have seen a lot of interest now today. And we expect the, um, that to continue over the next couple of weeks and months. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of people who are um, going back to work. Maybe they've been out of it during the, the pandemic for whatever reasons, or they're looking for a change now. Um, but certainly people um, high up in their list of priorities is um, looking for flexibility in their jobs. Mm. And, um, and so what, what are they looking for, Karen? When, when that, that call comes through, what's changed in their own head rather than the employer's head? Well, I suppose, you know, employees have got a taste for remote work now and working more flexibly than they had done pre-COVID in many instances. So there's an appetite there now for being able to work remotely and flexibly. Um, now, we were always at pains to say that uh, flexible work does not equate remote work, that flexible work can mean a variety of different things. Um, so flexible work could be just letting your staff come in, in, in at half nine after kids have been dropped off, for example. Um, it can be core hours where everybody has to be in the office or at their workplace uh, for certain hours. Um, it could be part-time. Um, it could be job share, it could be compressed hours, annualized hours, um, and a, a myriad of different flexible options mm. as well as remote work. Now, Karen, we've talked a lot in the past about people who will go out and try and find uh, their dream job, right? And and normally you had to constrain yourself for what your employer was giving you. You didn't necessarily have options. It's kind of switched on the employers now, aren't they? They have to be conscious of what the expectation is across the table as much as what they want to give. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the market has completely been turned on its head now and it is an employee's market. So, you know, employers really need to be aware of this now that, uh, you know, there's huge talent shortages in many areas um, incre- and it's increasingly difficult for client facing businesses to find staff. Uh, but for those businesses who have adopted to the flexible working model um, and truly embraced it, I suppose they they are um, finding it a lot easier to manage now. But you know, the appetite for flexible work was always there pre-COVID. I mean, we, we existed pre-COVID and we were all about flexible work. Uh, but now, um, you know, that appetite has grown into, you know, something that, um, you know, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, really a revolution, we'd call it, flexible work revolution. You know, that people really, really want flexible work. They've seen that it can work. And their question now to their employers is like, why can't you give this to me? You know, I've proven that I can work productively productively, and I can um, the results are the same if not better um, I can manage my own time I can um, you know I can I can work just as well so um, what why aren't why isn't flexibility yeah. on the table you and, know? And, and that's a problem though because lots of employers think that they can't give these things they, they might be a little old-fashioned they might have only ever done it one way there might be nine to five merchants where they want to see us sitting in front of them it's it's an evolution for them in their thinking as much as anything else. What's your advice to the employers who are a bit freaked out by all of this? Yeah, but look, the resistance before COVID was was massive, really, to flexible work, and we all we often felt we were beating our head up against the wall there, you know. Um, so they would talk up pre-COVID, um, you know, before we're all thrown into this greatest remote work experiment ever. Um, you know, they would talk about secure. You know, we don't have the security, we don't have the technology, and we can't trust our people what's the story with insurance and, you know, a deep rooted desire really to ma- maintain presenteeism and 
being able to look over the shoulder of their employees and a fear of change and, and you know, you know, the traditional way of working. If it ain't broke, we're, we're not going to fix it kind of attitude. So like companies who don't really embrace flexible work now are the ones who are going to be left behind. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that because the employees are driving the, the market. So, it's you know, it's time now for companies to to you know, to embrace it and and um, and look forward to the future. So my advice to companies would be, well, first of all, um, perhaps have a look at what um, processes are in place at the moment. Um, we do a flexible work audit, which can help you look at what's in place and how you can improve your flexibility. And one of the main pieces of advice we say is, you know, talk to your people, um, get feedback from your people. What What is going to work for them? Um, now, obviously, it, it has to work for the company as well. Um, and the, the bottom line is the most important thing in, in, in a business. We all have to stay in business after all. So, but, you know, what is going to work for the company and the employee? Um, but a lot of people at the management level don't realize the needs and wants of, of, of people at every level within an organization. So, so, so talk to your people and see what, what they want and what is going to work. Of course, at the end of the day, Karen, isn't isn't the ultimate decision here whether you really want the person sitting opposite you to work for you or not? And if the answer is yes, you do, you're going to at least meet them halfway or try. Yeah, you you would you would think that, yeah, yeah. Um, but there are a lot of people who are just upping sticks and needing companies who are, aren't willing to come to the table when it comes to offering flexible work. Um, so that, that's why I say that you know that companies will be left behind. They're they're reckless now in their thinking if they're not. Uh, thinking about changing and uh, the way that they work. Okay. Um, yeah. So well, look, I mean, it is it is daunting for a lot of companies, especially SMEs um, who don't have the deeper pockets of the multinationals or the FDI companies. But what I would say is, you know, do a trial, try a few different things, see how it works. You know, maybe you know we're all probably if you're in an office environment, you're probably working in a hybrid situation now. Um, but you know, trial out different things if if that's what uh, your people are asking for. Okay. And, and, you know, nothing needs to be set in stone at this point, you know, but, you know, by, by um, trying out a few different things, you can see what works best for well, everybody. Well, I think that the message there is be brave, give it a go. You never know. You might actually end up being more productive by embracing these new modern work practices. It's funny, we're kind of in the middle of a revolution and you never realise it until afterwards. Karen O'Reilly of EmployFlex, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. OK, thanks, Jonathan. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business. Now, air quality is something we've all learned to pay attention to over the last 24 months or so, whether it's about ventilation or filtration or harmful gases building up in a room. Anyone looking to keep a building safe has to balance a lot of factors when they're doing it. But there is help to hand in the form of Cork Company. Bernard Jor is the Group CEO of Air Data, and he joins me now to talk about how the industry is navigating growth uh, in this period. How are you doing, Bernard? Very good. How are you, Jonathan? Very Thanks for having me on. Good to have you here. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So I suppose, firstly, maybe a little bit about Air Data. Um, I suppose we're, we we employ 30 people uh, and we're in business uh, 20 years. We're, we're an Irish company. Uh, we specialise in uh, originally core clean room validation. Uh, so from the cleanest of air, uh, and obviously that goes into HVAC systems and, and indoor air quality and building wellness. So I suppose from everything from the cleanest of air, uh, the compliance and regulations around that to, to, to what we breed in. Um, so we, we'd have an extensive lot knowledge bank in, in the field of 
indoor air quality and and we're very lucky because i suppose we we we've been monitoring long before covid uh buildings and and providing solutions uh for air quality and ventilation assessments in in 20 cities and and 10 countries across europe okay. so we're very lucky so you've had a busy time up to now, but of course, uh, normal buildings didn't need the type of TLC that a company like yours would bring. So you keep clean rooms clean, but all of a sudden every room needed to be a clean room. So how quickly did you see a spike in interest? Yeah, I, I suppose um, originally where, where this would have come for us, it, it, it was well before COVID and it would have originally been the multinational blue chip companies. And and they re- realised a couple of things about indoor air quality. I mean, two things really that uh, about the wellness and, and, and how that was important for, for uh, the people that worked in those buildings. But they also realised that there was a, a euro figure to that. If you were well and healthy, you were more productive and you had less sick days. Um, so what the COVID pandemic really has done, it has only prompted um, the importance of uh, good indoor air quality. And, it, and if you think about it, um, you know, for years we've been caring about what we eat, you know, and quite rightly so, our, you know, our, our nutrition and, and maybe after just after Christmas, our diet. Um, but we breathe in uh, 11,000 litres of air every day, uh, which is, I suppose, in context, a normal sized swimming pool. Uh, or as a friend of mine says, 11 oil tanks. Um, and, and I suppose we, we spend 90% of our time indoors. So whether it be in the office or in the college or the school, um, and if, if you, you know, look at the World Health Organization, they'll say that the indoor environment can be 50 times more polluted than, than outdoor air. So what we're seeing essentially is uh, that people and our clients uh, are, are now focusing uh, more so on, on indoor air quality. Yeah, and it's not necessarily that it has to be of the quality that you'd have in a clean room, but you do need to no. get air in. And, and we have spent probably the best part of two decades keeping air out, Bernard. We, we, air became the enemy. You had to have passive buildings. You couldn't possibly have a bit of a draft that turned out would have been a good thing in a global pandemic with an aerosol virus. So how, how do you go about helping people who are in those, uh, shall we say, air-free boxes uh, of homes and businesses who might want to uh, make sure that they're on the right side of safe? Yeah, so, so, so I mean, we, we hear it all the time that ventilation is key. And it is about ventilation is key. I, I mean, we're, we're very lucky in, in, in Ireland that typically our outdoor air quality is quite good. So in a lot of cases, we hear about opening windows and doors and, and that increases the ventilation. And, and, and that's what's most important. Um, and what we've what we've uh, do is, is we monitor the air quality in, in buildings and offices and uh, for all our clients. So what, we, what we've done is, is we put in these, these monitors so that they know what the air quality is. Um, so it's not just CO2, it's VOCs and they're volatile organic compounds, but they're basically uh, chemical emissions. We do radon, we do particulates, temperature, humidity. Um, and we've we, we this new innovative technology because, uh, because of the, the COVID virus as well, People are in, interested in viruses, obviously, and uh, we can calculate the virus risk within a room and the mold risk. So uh, what that what that does really is 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 very very powerful if you can 
print off a report and you can see or you can get an alert from email or an alert to your phone yeah. um, that the virus risk is in your room is going up. Well, you see, I was uh, confused at the start, Bernard, because your company's called Air Data, right? And I was going, where, where, where's the data coming into this? But it's, it's obviously very clear that you're collecting that data uh, from the air quality using technology and, and making it accessible on a dashboard to someone who can understand what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's a very easy, accessible dashboard that we have right to your phone. Um, and at any at any stage, like we set it up uh, with an alert for, um, you know, for, you can set it up for an alert for anything from CO2, for temperature, uh, for for anything. And, and it, what we're finding out is, say, in our bigger clients, they're saying, well, this is a game changer kind of in smart buildings um, in terms of knowing how their buildings are performing and providing the data to make better decisions. Um, so if you think of a report and you print off a report for your office, your building, your restaurant, um, and it's the week and that you've been in there and it's an air quality report and it tells you that you have very good air for that, for that week. Well, it's really, really powerful, but it's equally as powerful if you print off that report and there's an area that you need to work on that you need to look at your ventilation and look at a solution for. Yeah. I have to say that, you know, we all want the pandemic to end soon. Um, and I think that from what you're telling me, this isn't just a pandemic project. What the pandemic has done is made us aware more about the quality of air indoors. And I think you've partnered with a Norwegian company who manufactures sensors. And, and this product, uh, like, like a puppy, is not just for Christmas. Air data is not just for the pandemic. It, that's correct. That's correct. And, and, and as I said earlier, that we've been monitoring buildings uh, long before the pandemic, uh, you know, 20 years in business. Um, but, but really what, what we've done during the pandemic is said, well, how can we enable people to have an easy, easy dashboard, uh, have monitors that are, you know, that are, can be installed or battery powered? Uh, they last about 10 years, the batteries, and they've, you know, they remotely monitor and it, it gives you alerts immediately if you want it. You can set them up on public dashboards. Um, you know, you can have simple traffic light systems on them. So, so we worked and we worked on the dashboard with this Nor- Norwegian company um, called AirThings for Business. So uh, we're really, really happy uh, with what we've, we've, we've produced. Okay, so the products are out there now um, and hopefully more businesses and more places are going to become more aware of the quality of the air in their buildings. I think that uh, if everybody had your phone number a couple of weeks ago, you'd have been even busier than you are right now. But look, we wish you and the team continued success as you move forward. Bernard Jor, Group CEO of Air Data, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Get the Red Business Podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts. Red Business with IBEC, building a sustainable, competitive future for Cork business.